Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. Hello, you badass people out there. I'm back and I've got so many things with me um, that I want to share with you over the next couple of weeks and months. So be prepared for the second season where I introduce you to a bunch of new, empowering, inspiring women. And the best of all is I've prepared something amazing for you because after last season, Um, with each conversation I had, I really noticed that there is a pattern of success that all of my guests share in common, even though each of their stories is completely unique. In fact, it's 10 things that have all helped them to create their personal success stories, no matter the hardship, no matter the difficulties, no matter the trauma that they have experienced. Those 10 things were the ones that have helped them set up a life where they're where they're finally able to embrace themselves, where they're finally able to pursue their life purpose and really make a good living off of that. So I call those 10 things the 10 secrets of thriving women. And I've put all of those 10 things for you um, into an ebook that I've created. So in the ebook, you will not only find out about what those 10 secrets are, and what they really mean. But on top of that, I've added to each of those secrets um, a section with reflection prompts for you so that you yourself can identify, you know, where are you at with each of those things so that you can understand what it takes for you to get to that level of all those amazing women and really create that life that you want for yourself as well. So, Go check it out. Go to olgamuller.com slash podcast and download the ebook completely for free. And um, for everybody who's really like, who's really done with playing miserable and small and being unfulfilled with how things are going, I've created a little once in a lifetime opportunity that you will only find out by the end of the ebook. So go download it, check out the opportunity and... Um, sign up. That's all I can say for the moment, but it's going to be amazing. And, um, I really can't wait to share many more things that I've planned for you guys. And, um, with that, I also want to introduce you to my very first guest on the second season of the Thrive Podcast. So welcome to a new episode on the Thrive Podcast Season 2. Today I have Jen Zoe from Florida with me and I'm super excited to share her story because she's um, working on a business that I have never seen anybody do before. So Jen is the owner of a horse sanctuary and a retreat center where she works with people from all walks of life and all parts of the world, creating breakthroughs with her seminars, trainings and retreats. Jen had always been fascinated with horses, but it wasn't until she realized that the parallels and patterns between horses and humans were so profound uh, when she was attending a personal development event. And after years of research and training, Jen launched Xenergen and her keen-assisted empowerment programs to help transform lives through the spirit of the horses. So I'm happy to have you on the podcast with me, Jen. Hello! Hello, and thank you so much for having me. It's just, I'm so grateful to be in the space and 
and share with all of your listeners about what we're, what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm excited because like I mentioned, I've never heard of anybody do the work that you're doing uh, with the horses. And I find it, you know, so beautiful and super interesting what kind of business you have created around this whole topic of horses and creating healing uh, for humans actually through them and uh, how you're living really, you know, your life's purpose. And usually when I see people really, you know, following their passions, it's cases where there has been some major self-development journey before that. So I'm really <laughs> curious, you know, where did your story actually start? Oh, God, truer words cannot have been spoken. Oh, my gosh. Anyone that is following their life's purpose and following their passion has um, been through a little bit of life and has some personal development in their background, too. So you're absolutely right. And it, it actually came about, um, at, it, well, two things major happened. One, I quit smoking. And two, I got divorced. Okay. So like the, those two things, like how in the hell, what does that even mean? How does that have anything to do with horses? You know, but the truth is, is that um, it was, I, I found myself in a position where I, d I just was in a place where I just said, what the hell am I doing? You know, I was 29 years old and I almost 30. I'm like, I'm going into my 30s and I'm, I'm, I can't act like this anymore. And so I decided that if I could quit smoking, I would reward mm -hmm. myself with a horseback riding lesson. Little did I know that getting into horses would not only change my life, but mm -hmm. save it as well. Um, it was a really powerful experience. Um, fast forward a few years, I, I woke up to a Facebook message um, from my ex-husband from a total stranger about my ex-husband. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting because you, you think, okay, well, what, what is Facebook, you know, these days you have so many people like getting spammed and, you know, different things. And you're like, okay, what is this strange woman telling me about my husband that I don't, or that I shouldn't know, or that I should mm -hmm. know, that I don't know. And it was a message. She said, you might want to talk to about, talk to him about where he's getting his money. And I was like, well, okay, that's not really a super awesome message to get from Facebook, mm -hmm. from a total stranger. So I reached out to, and confirmed what was going on because she was saying he was doing some things he shouldn't with his clients' financials. He was a financial advisor. Mm. And sure enough, um, we've been together 14 years, um, married 14 years, almost together almost 17. And it was like, holy shit, he was going to be indicted and I had to move out. And wow. it was one of those moments where you, you know, have you ever had one of those life decisions that is really easy because, you know, you don't have a choice, hmm. but at the other time on the other side is like fucking hard because can I say that word on here? Of Sorry. course. <laughs> Cause I do. I say it a lot. <laughs> <I know>. um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we talk about bad language here, we mean something totally different than, you know, F-bombs, but it was like, it's hard because you realize that leaving your life the way it was mm. totally shreds your identity. And that's what happened. You know, I woke up one day to this message from this woman saying, your life is over. Your mm -hmm. life is different. And at almost 40, I've been shooting myself to death, you know, doing everything that I thought I should do to have this perfect life with mm -hmm. a husband and horses and all this stuff. And I was totally miserable. And so when I, I found that I got that message, I was like, holy crap, maybe all this shooting isn't what it's cracked up to be, especially mm -hmm. since I suck at it so bad. And, um, I really put me onto the path of what could, mm -hmm. what could be. And that's a tough thing to kind of realize when you're almost 40 and you're living with your old personal assistant and you're waiting tables, you know, aren't you proud mom and dad, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so happy to be doing what I, I spent all this money going to college and yeah. getting this degree and studying life. And here I am 40 as a waitress living on my girlfriend's sofa, you know, not exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it put me in, it sent me down a path of, of personal development. And in a moment of desperation, I found myself in Palm Springs, California at a Tony Robbins experience <laughs> called Date with Destiny. <laughs> and that man, I tell you, he is a, a force. And by chance, I had an intervention with him. Wow. That changed everything. And he actually, so he, he's like, you look like a hairy guy in a miniskirt you know I was dressed to the <laughs> night I was there for the next Mr. Jen you know I was like looking for the next me the next you know who's gonna take care of me that's what we're taught 
Mm. From the industrial age, thinking of our parents' time, if you're anybody, any of you listening that are in your 40s, what you know, what we're taught, our mid-century moms would say, the man makes the living and the mm. woman makes the life worth living. That's what we are taught. Yeah. So here I am, hoping for another man to make the living so I could make the life worth living. Mm-hmm. And maybe have the opportunity to, to live my dream. Because I didn't think I had any value. Mm. That was the bottom line. And at that point in my life, I felt like I was left with nothing. I felt like I was nothing. Hmm. And when Tony stood me up and said, you look like, (laughs) you know, this dress and this fearful state, they're two conflicting messages. And I could see the conflict inside you. And he told me, you know, he showed me, illustrated to me, like how I was playing small by living in my fears. Mm-hmm. How all this shooting I'd been doing was keeping me was the exact thing that was keeping me from what I could do. Mm. And he leaned over to me and he whispered in his gravelly voice and said, now that you know that you're strong, you don't have to work at it so hard anymore. And I was like, oh. So I decided to go home for Christmas. It was right around Christmas. To, it was in December of 2013 that I went to this event. So I was going to surprise my family and go home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, I told one person that I was coming. And so when my mom called, I was really surprised, especially since I really, we hadn't spoken very much. We weren't mm-hmm. on the best terms, my parents and I. And uh, she called and I was like, hi, mom. You know, like, who told? <laughs> and she said, I know, right? Your brother's dead. Oh, wow. That's what I said. She said it again. She said, your brother's dead. And she said, I know it's three days before Christmas, but is there any way you can get home? And I started crying. I get goosebumps right now. (laughs) (laughs) I would too. That's exactly what I, that goosebumps and tears streaming down my face. And I hold a shirt in one hand and socks in the other. And I said, mom, I'll be there in the morning. I was going to surprise everyone. And my brother, former naval officer, a father and a nurse, died of a drug overdose at 45, mm. the age I am now. And it was an amazing experience to be there for my family. And I think one of the most harrowing memories I have as an adult is looking and seeing my father mm-hmm. sitting across the room in his chair, silent tears streaming down his face, searching the Bible for answers. Mm. And I knew that and seeing that and seeing my dad in that state, I knew that courage took a lot of more forms than what you think of mm-hmm. when you paint that mental picture. And then I came, so when I came back to Florida, I just really didn't know what I was going to do. Everything that had happened in such a short period of time, I really spiraled off into some darkness and I was binge drinking and cutting myself and, I experienced, have you ever heard of night terrors? No. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> so I started experiencing them. And that is when I found out and discovered that that's what was happening to me. I It's not something I would wish on my worst enemy. And what I is that? I literally thought people were, I, I thought I was going insane. I thought people were coming in to kill me. And, you know, and this is probably the first time I've shared that publicly with anyone. That, that, that those things were happening to me, that I was having panic attacks and I, I couldn't, I could barely move. And the day to day was just a struggle to get by, to even think about getting off the couch and trying to do anything. So you went from basically as, let's say, recovering during date with destiny or somewhat picking up and building up, I guess, some, some, you know, clarity and maybe also some, Uh, I could imagine some courage inside of you, you know, that, you know, you're strong, you mentioned, and then getting that, those news, like, puts you into a, I mean, what has it actually put you in? Because I can, I can only, you know, guess, but. Well, it's a funny thing, you know, when someone like crack, like Tony, like cracks Mm -hmm. you open like that Mm -hmm. and you leave that event and you have all this homework to do, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm strong. Now I don't have to work so hard. You know, what does that even mean? Mm. You know, and so I would hear those words in my mind. But in that state, after losing my brother and being like 
not knowing where I was going to be and living alone, I felt isolated. Hmm. So I didn't know. And I would hear those words now that you know that you're strong. But in those Hmm. moments of panic and despair and that darkness, Hmm. they would just, you know, that they just echoed. Mm -hmm. But the truth was, is that there was one thing that kept me going. And um, I don't know how the hell I managed to do it. But I had managed to hang on to my white horse Trace. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of him or anything, but he's kind of all over anywhere. You can't see a picture of me without seeing a picture of him somewhere. <laughs> you know, I've had him, you know, forever. He was one of my, you know, he was one of the very first things. He was my knight in shining armor. Mm. And I don't know how I afforded it at the time because I had no money mm-hmm. and I was like living day to day. And I was very grateful that the restaurant I work at gave free salad. Yeah. Mm. You know, so it's one of those situations where you just like when protein powder is on sale, you, you bought, you stock up. Mm. So I don't even know how I kept him or how I afforded to pay for him. And everybody was telling me what I should do. There's that word again, what I should do. I should sell him. He was a burden. He was a luxury. Get rid of me, you know, cut your expenses, you know, get to the bare bones so you can go focus and, and get back on track. But man, you know what the truth is? He was the one thing that didn't judge me. Mm. He was the one thing that in my darkness, I could go out to and touch and feel and smell and connect with that. I just felt love. Mm-hmm. And every day when I would go out and connect with him, little pieces of strength would build back inside me and I would get more courage to carry on. And it was a really powerful experience to just to connect with him and get that strength from him mm-hmm. every day. God dang, no way am I getting rid of this horse. He's saving my life. Mm. And what got me, I think, because what do you, you know, what do you think of when you think of horsepower? You know, you think of their speed, you think of their power, you know, they think yeah. of their, their sure, sure, like mass. Yes, just their their strength, force, mass and power these animals have. But what got me was that quiet vulnerability. Mm -hmm. That hit me at the deepest level where there was like some silent truth that they hold and an understanding and acceptance that made sense. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this was, this was something that was giving me courage. And I always think of, um, I love the quote by Lao Tzu. And he says, being loved deeply by someone gives you strength Mm. while loving someone deeply gives you courage. Mm. And it was really cool because I, you know, I think about that and I think about what Tony said to me, now that you know that you're strong, you know, and then things started making sense to me. And I realized that the gift that this horse was giving me was the courage to do what I needed to do and what I was really, truly passionate about. So I started creating programs. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been training. I've been a trainer. I've been a professional. I've been training horses. I've been leading workshops and doing horsemanship. But what I what I understood through connecting with him was that connecting it with other people was was more powerful than anything you could ask a horse to do. Mm-hmm. That the gifts and the healings that people were getting from these animals was in- incredible. People were quitting smoking. People's relationships were getting stronger. They're making more money. How does that, how does coming out playing with a horse? <laughs> I, I tripled my business because I went and played with a horse. How does that even happen? Right? But how did you, I mean, how did you get to, first of all, how did you get to that clarity point of, you know, really knowing, you know, you know, having been in this spiral of, oh, you know, I should, I should, I should do this and I should do that and whatever. And then really, you know, because this is so difficult, I find for people to really become clear about what it is that they, you know, that they really need to do for themselves, what they're really born to do. Or, you know, I I feel like everybody has a mission here on earth. You're not born for just, you know, just for being here and I don't know, penetrating this planet, but uh, everybody has some some kind of gift. And like you mentioned, you've been in this downward spiral for so long, like, what really gave you that moment of clarity and like say like holy shit you know 
I need to connect those two together. And actually the horse is giving me, you know, is helping me so much and it can help other people. It happened in three, it happened in three moments, three, three instances. And, um, and it, it, and it just, it isn't like one day you just wake up and go, Oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you just, like, that doesn't happen for most people. I mean, it kind of happened with me because I was kind of pushed off the cliff. You know, I woke up to the Facebook message and then I was like, the universe was tapping on my shoulder for like 10 years and then finally mm. decided to punch me in the face. So, you know, I, I, I really encourage all of you all that are listening to this to not have a high tolerance for pain. <laughs> you have a high tolerance for pain. You wait till the universe is screaming at you yeah. before you finally take action. So lower your tolerance for pain, y'all. That doesn't mean you're not strong or you can't take shit when it comes your way. That just means when the universe whispers to you, you listen. You listen. Yeah. So what happened was when I went to my first Tony Robbins experience, my first um, personal development experience back in 2000, I don't know, something way long ago, uh, 2011, I think. And I went into that experience and I said, oh, my God, he stole my shit. What he does with horses, I do with, or what he does with people, I do with horses. It's the same. It's about building rapport. It's about establishing respect. It's the same stuff. I mean, even some of the language was the same. I was like, Tony, you're doing the same thing I'm doing. <laughs> I, and I said, all right, whatever this looks like, I have to bring these two worlds together. Right. And so that went in my little brain. So mm -hmm. the seed was planted. And then I had someone ask me, you know, in that same, same strain, ask me to write down my dream. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down my dream and I was living, I was at the, I was living in my horse trailer. Mm -hmm. I was in the mountains of Colorado and on August 27, 2012, I wrote down that I wanted to have the Shangri-La of sorts for horses and humans to have this amazing, incredible natural space for personal development and growth through horses. In 2012, four and a half years later, I went, I've been four and a half years later, I experienced my brother died. My horse died. I sound like a country song. I lost my dogs. I lost my home. I lost my truck. I lost my trailer. I got divorced. You know, all this stuff happened. Oh my God. Right. But now in four and a half years, I went from that to having a 10 acre, a 10 acre retreat center in Orlando, Florida, two homes, eight bedroom, five bath, 10 stall barn, a nonprofit that helps women and youth from being rescued from trafficking. Wow. I have six horses that are all rescue horses. I partner with horse rescues to help them have safe, stable, and fun horses and committed, courageous, connected volunteers. So I've done all this stuff and I did it in four years. Holy Here's what got me. I had a conversation and you asked me to say, well, what is it? What, how do you know what your purpose is? It's when you having just a conversation and you start having a conversation and you look at the clock and it's 10 hours later and you're talking about the same subject or you're having a conversation and your face lights up and the other person notices, or you're having a conversation and you feel an emotion that you don't necessarily even understand. Mm. That's how you know you're on the right track. So cast off all of the beliefs of the shoulds because those are the chains that are holding you back from what could. Mm. But that's it. It was a conversation. And the gentleman, I'll never forget it. He pointed at my necklace. He said, every time, and it was a, an emblem of a horse. Mm -hmm. He said, every time you talk about them, you light up. Mm. You light up, your face changes. <laughs> you get excited and you light up. So have a conversation with somebody and see if you feel that emotion. If you're sad when the conversation's over hmm. or if you just light up, because when you feel that, then, you know, you're on the right path. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it sounds, it may sound so trivial, but I do believe that too many people have too many shallow conversations <laughs> nowadays and, um, that's because, and that's why I think people have those problems of really, you know, getting to the bottom of, you know, what it is they really like, like love, not just, you know, like, and for the moment, maybe a month or two or something like that, but really that kind of, you know, gets them going. Actually, it's funny. My husband sometimes, you know, mentions, you know, when you're, for example, 
I don't know, making a video or whatever, your light, uh, your face looks so different. You have this different energy and then it, the camera is off and then you're like <laughs> totally different <laughs> face. Resting bitch face. <laughs> yeah, like why didn't you wash the dishes in space? No, but... <laughs> Or like doing the podcast, you know, every time I end them, I'm just like energized and I love it. And um, that's what, you know, gets me motivated also. And so I find it incredible, you know, you're saying like in four and a half years, you know, how did you, how did you actually go about it then? You know, coming from that, uh, let's say, dark place, finding somehow clarity and then really going for it and establishing this whole, you know, basically place that you have Uh, built there now the sanctuary girl you're asking the bumblebee how it flies (laughs) i'm not even kidding um you know (laughs) but i think this is like you know the 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 difficult thing for most of us it's like even if you have this passion especially when it's something so maybe rare like yours or at least something that is not so common to really you know have the belief that this is something or you know that it's going to help people but to actually, you know, create something out of it and to be able to live off of it, it's a completely different story. And I think that's where most people, you know, they, they give up because they feel like, you know, it's never going to work out. That's where you just nailed it. They feel like it's never going to work out. You got to have two, three things. You, re- you ready for them? You have to have certainty. Mm. You have to have passion. And you have to have hunger. If you have those three things, the how doesn't matter. Like, and that's, that I, that is no bullshit. A how does not matter. When I, when I got this place, I had about 800 bucks in my pocket. I'm in a million dollar horse property and I got it with $800 in my pocket. Wow. You know, that when I say you're asking the bumblebee how it flies, I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't go. <laughs> you know, just, just don't tell that to the bumblebee. He'd be all right. You know? So it, it is, it's kind of a funny story because I got kicked out of where I was because he didn't want me running programs there. He just, what he saw was a cute blonde and a couple of horses and a few, you know, little money in his pocket. Mm. He didn't see this, this person that wanted to change the world. Um, so, and I, and I wrote my vision down, you know, I wrote it down and it's really simple. Like I have it, I still have it. And it has, it has changed very little. Mm. My dream was to have a Shangri-La of, of sorts for horses and humans to, you know, have a personal development journey and come and experience life in a different way and heal themselves. I, I, I even wrote in that I have guest instructors and yoga classes and meditation rooms and in this monumental spa and, you know, and all of these things. And I just, I wrote it all down and I, I'm there and say, so, okay, well now you're there on that what? Okay, let's make it bigger. Let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's save Let's do this for horse rescues. Mm. Let's do it for um, other people that are also interested in doing something similar to me. You know, let's allow other coaches and practitioners Mm -hmm. to come here and do their thing at my place. And maybe they'll experience the horses too. Mm. Let's, let's create a train the trainer program. But that, that acorn was planted when I wrote that stuff down Mm. and then, and then have it and then have it, have that, whatever it is that you want that lights you up that gets you know because everybody sees you you it's got to be like this massive thing no it doesn't no it doesn't it doesn't have to be like some kind of big massive thing being a really good mom that could be that could be phenomenal mm-hmm. how many of you here that are listening now love your mom to death but have some things about her that you'd be like, well, it, you know, things could be a little bit better or bad, <laughs> either way, right? Yeah. What if your mom was the kind of mom you wish you could be? Or what if you were the kind of mom you wish you could be? Mm. Don't take motherhood for granted. Man, it's tough. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I don't have kids. So I, don't I know. have one and it's tough. <laughs> yes. So what if that was it? What if that, you know, we, we tend to take that for granted, like, like just doing only that mm. is not a big enough something to light you up. Remember this, what was it? Light you up and um, to have passion about and, and be hungry about and have certainty about. What if that was enough? Because maybe you're the mom to the next Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> or to the person that cures cancer, or to the next 
really great mom mm. that creates the teacher leaders of this of the next generation. Everything in its divine timing. And no dream is too small. And no dream is too big if it's yours. I love that. And also, nobody has the same dream as you do. Thank God. I have competition. <laughs> right now, nobody else in the world is doing what I'm doing. So, awesome. Yeah, you have, you picked a good a good place there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you you've heard of equine therapy and more and more studies are showing like the horse human connection and how that's, mm -hmm. you know, empowers people and therapeutic riding centers, but nobody in the world is doing what I'm doing. No one. So, Not even close. So, what are some of the similarities that you have actually noticed between horses and humans? Oh gosh, but besides everything? <laughs> besides um, just looking is slightly different yeah right they're just we got our little t-rex arms and we got hooves and yeah um no it's that's a great question they respond the exactly the way you show up they're an exact pure reflection of you hmm. so however you show up is how they're going to reflect to you they have personalities just like we do if you can you can pull a myers-briggs on a horse <laughs> you know you certainly could dante he's my enfp ENFJ. Yes. That's, uh, that would be me. I, I should come visit. <laughs> yeah, right? He is my ENFJ. Trace is my ISFP. Right? Those are my two of my horses. So they yeah. each have their own personalities. Guess what? You still have to build rapport, mm -hmm. establish respect, reinforce your communication through a common language. Don't we have to do that with people? You still have to show strong leadership skills. You have to know when to, to lean out mm -hmm. when they're worried or scared. You have to know when to lean in and ask, ask for more. You have to understand the concept of trust at a massive level, mm. a massive level to break down trust, to break it down, not break down, but break it down into the little tiny grains of sand that it actually is because mm -hmm. it's not one big grand thing. Because keep something in mind, horses are prey animals. We eat them in some countries. Mm. And they know that. My one horse is from France. Mm. He knows that he's that his brethren have been on a menu someplace. Mm. They understand that. And they aren't fearful that you're going to hurt them. They're fearful that you're going to kill them. Mm -hmm. So that prey animal instinct comes up. And when you know how to engage with someone that is triggered in a fight flight modality, mm -hmm. what kind of a leader do you have to be to show up for that? Mm -hmm. When their environment changes, when a learning situation sh shows up differently, when they're in a different peer group or in a different herd, all of it shows up. And when you can communicate with your horse, because when you come here, one of the horses actually chooses you. Mm -hmm. So one of the horses, I have no idea. And it's, everyone says, oh, it's going to be the horse that's like me. I'm like, I don't know. Is it going to be the one that is my opposite? Because like opposites attract? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be the one for wherever you are in your life's journey mm. that has a message that you are willing to receive and able and capable of receiving at this moment. I have a girl that comes here every year and she gets a different horse every time. Wow. Because she gets a different message. Because mm. she's in a different place in her life. One woman came and She, her, her horse was her husband, mm -hmm. like to the letter. And she goes, oh my God, that's how I've been showing up to him. But this is like, so, you know, it's, it's, it seems, you know, so, so crazy to think that, I don't mean, I, I personally, I believe like, let's say in this universe, this super conscious, like this creator of everything that is, um, And so I believe that things like that are really possible. You know, you're, you're, you get those messages through something, you know, some people, like you said, maybe they have to, you know, learn through the death of maybe a loved one. Maybe they have to learn by losing all their money. Maybe they, they have to, you know, learn through whatever kind of way. And so I do believe it's, it's, you know, really possible, but it just seems, you know, so it's not tangible for us humans. I feel like that, you know, there's this, this perfect connection between you and uh, maybe a horse. Yes. And, and that's the, the beauty of it is that when you come here, you realize that you don't have to do all of those things to learn and grow. 
that healing can come from a space of joy and mm. pleasure. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be pain. Mm-hmm. What are we taught? You know, work, work hard, get a good job, a good education, get sick leave, annual leave, pension. Those don't even exist anymore. You know, those, those kind of, that's industrial age thinking. And um, it's really interesting when you start looking at it and going, oh, I can learn and mm-hmm. it can be fun. I can grow and it can be joyful. It's not a spanking or a red ink on a test. Yeah. It's joyful and pleasurable and, and releasing mm-hmm. and graceful and elegant. The rose doesn't, isn't forced to bloom. It just blooms. Mm. And in fact, we have, a, we have a horse. When she first got here, her name was Dior. Oh, I saw that story on Facebook. Amazing. Amazing story with her transformation. So much so, we changed her name to Rose. Mm. And I, I've never seen in my decade and a half with horses, I've never seen a horse behave the way she did, surrounded by the feminine. Mm. Surrounded by the feminine energy that were holding space for her. And she felt safe. Wow. And we were all in tears. Just, it was so gorgeous. And now she's a completely different horse completely different so what would you say has changed in jen when you com- <laughs> when when you compare yourself now to be being- we only got a few minutes left right <laughs> we gotta go we gotta go no um the, golly uh, you know at the end of all my videos i say believe in yourself it will change your life mm-hmm. and i think that that's that really is the big piece you know feeling the the the, the non-judgment of the horses, Mm -hmm. feeling that you could tell them anything and they'll hold that vault for you, you know, knowing that I have something of value to offer, Mm -hmm. but these horses weren't something for me to get rid of, Mm -hmm. but they were something for me to share with the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I needed to stop shooting on myself, (laughs) you know, and I needed to stop allowing others to do the same and know that people can love me, Mm -hmm. know that people do love me. And know that I love myself. Mm. Not to be arrogant or spoiled, but to be confident, compassionate, and humble. And to be able to share your gifts with certainty and confidence doesn't necessarily mean that you're showing off or bragging. Or you're trying to be more of a star than you should be. Mm. But that when you come from compassion and a space of service, share that shit with the world, my friends. I think that was my biggest thing is that it's okay for me to shine. Mm. And I, I think probably, especially for, for women, most often we stop ourselves just right like close before we get to that moment of shining we stop ourselves and it's just like no 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 and shut down (laughs) and you're out of that situation and then you never you know you never allow yourself it's just like with compliments you know i know i i noticed and learned that about myself every time that i would get a compliment i would be like no it's not, not not a big deal it's you know nothing special whatever always brush it off and until I don't know what happened I saw something I guess and then I really paid attention and I was like yeah why do we do that you know just you know accept it just take it in you know a person wants to share something you know nice with you and mm-hmm. there is no way there's there no need to make it smaller or you know less meaningful or whatever it's you know um it's coming from a good place and you deserve to to hear that and to take it all in right absolutely and that that's In fact, we have, we actually have a fun, we play fun little games here. One of them is we, when you are offered a compliment, like Mm -hmm. you have a very nice smile, for instance, (laughs) we say, thank you. I received that. And then we turn it around into a declaration. Mm -hmm. I have a very nice smile, (laughs) right? So when you flip that around and make it a declaration, you actually really receive the gift that someone Mm. gave you in a much different way. You actually put the the little vase out on the coffee table, mm-hmm. not just before they show up, you know? So you're taking that gift and, and really in, and, and acknowledging it. Mm. And when you can do that with people, guess what? People are going to tell you more. 
you're going to get more. And then you can start giving it to yourself without feeling like, oh, I need to deflect and self-deprecate, you know, because God forbid, here we are in this, especially in Western culture, here we are, you know, exemplifying all this competition, Mm. you know, likes and how many viewers and how many followers and how much do you make and how many gold medals you have and all these different things. Yet at the same time, and like you mentioned, especially with women, we are, you know, you know, told that, you know, stay soft, be demure, you know, we're the weaker sex, whatever, which, you know, if you look at not that long ago, we were still being burned at the stake. Let's face it. That's true. So it's interesting. So what would you say, um, just coming back to what you just say, you know, for, for many people or also, I also get sometimes to this trap, you know, you're supposed to have all those followers and all those likes when you start a business, um, blah, 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 blah. What do you think yeah. has has actually really contributed to you, you know, turning $800 basically into this million dollar uh, horse sanctuary? Well, it's grit, just belief. It's true, be- just belief. Just knowing, um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to change it after I say this. But my gate code on my entrance up front is one zero one nine, and everybody's like, "Why is it that?" It's kind of weird. And um, the reason it's that is that that is the number of times Disney was turned down mm. for financing for his concept of Disneyland. What if he stopped believing in himself and his idea? at 837 or 432 or 614. Those are a lot of damn no's y'all. Yep. So having the certainty that whatever you're doing is going to be awesome. And here's the other piece that really hit me (laughs) is that when you judge others, when they have certainty in their beliefs, you will judge yourself for the same. So be careful for having, for judging people, others for the certainty they have in belief in their beliefs, even if you disagree with their beliefs. Because if you call them crazy, you will call yourself crazy. And I am a little crazy and I love it. <laughs> we call ourselves the Island of Misfit Toys here. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, we just, the people that show up here are meant to show up here. Hmm. I don't, I don't advertise. I don't market. How did you hear about me? Mm-hmm. You're a friend, right? So, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot. You'll see me on Facebook, but it's, it's from people that find out whoever's listening to your podcast mm-hmm. that reach out to me. They're like, Hey, you have rescued horses. I'd like to help. Mm-hmm. Or, Hey, I would like to come visit. Or, Hey, this sounds really interesting. What I want to know more. I always dreamed of owning a horse, right? Most of the people that come here don't have horse experience, though, incidentally. Mm. Most of the people are, are either at least <laughs> slightly afraid of horses or at the best have like very little horse experience. Mm. Interesting. And it's amazing what they're able to get my horses to do because I do not set them up with any belief systems mm-hmm. except to believe in themselves. And they have said that my horse is doing some pretty, now keep in mind, my horses are trained. Yeah. That does not mean they're obedient. <laughs> they're still animals. I mean, they still even, have opinions. Yeah. Even they we, I mean, have, talking about animals, we're also animals. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you don't show up, they may do it, but there's kind of a gimme and it looks like your dish's face. <laughs> it looks like your rusty bitch face. <laughs> Uh, but to get them engaged and to build a relationship with them and when you know i don't know if anybody on it is a a shocker person or understands energy alignments when you are actually sitting on a horse Mm -hmm. all of your energy channels all of your energy centers your meridians or your chakras or however you want to call it all of those are all in alignment and you're putting your chakras straight into their solar plexus which is their Mm -hmm. power center so when you're riding a horse and you're in alignment with them, man, there is nothing sexier than someone that is spiritually connected with a horse doing cool shit. Nothing. 
Actually, I um, earlier this year I did a um, a course on theta healing, and there was a woman there who was in the course as well, and she mentioned that actually I think horses, their heart energy or some something like that, that their heart energy was I don't know how many times bigger than the one of humans, and this is why uh, they're used so many times for like. Mm, treatments yes and I, I don't know it was a crazy number like I don't want to lie but it was something like 10 or 100 times bigger or something like that and so yeah. what the fact that you're and also I don't know yesterday or something like that I was I was uh, I learned that you know when you're really sitting upright or in a certain position in yoga then really your whole let's say column is really straight and then your energy can flow completely flow right you. so it all okay. just like is connecting at the moment and so I totally understand why that would happen and yes. why that would you know charge you also energetically exactly and when you are on the horse riding the animal your chakras align in a different way to flow into them. It's, it's crazy. And it's the most gorgeous thing when it's done well. And it looks cool even when it's done wrong, if you don't know what you're looking at. But to me, someone like me who sees it, knows and can almost see the energies, it's, it's gross to watch somebody get a horse to do something that doesn't want to be doing what they're doing. Mm. It's so gross. Have you ever seen like, you know, a, a, a woman dragging her husband Christmas shopping? <laughs> you know or worse rape yeah it can look like that too yeah but so, uh, it's really a fascinating thing and interestingly enough um i've been in 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 theta healing as well mm -hmm. and i i just blurted it out and i don't even know where the information came from i think it came from source mm -hmm. but horses are in theta most of the time mm -hmm. if they're not in a triggered fight flight stance they're in a centered state that is very calming, mm -hmm. especially for us when we're in, you know, in a very high focused state, like in gamma or alpha, you know, we're in that go, 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 yeah. we get around a horse and there, and Nikola Tesla says it best when he says to understand the universe, you need to understand vibration, frequency, mm -hmm. and energy. And when you get around a horse and you understand how to match and flow with their energies, man, your world will open up in ways you never thought possible. You never thought possible. So how did I do it? How did I get from going from homeless to being here at this place? Girl, just believe, like really have faith and believe. Mm. And a lot of tears and a lot of hard work. And then a lot of lessons about a fact that I didn't need tears and hard work. Mm. So how, how do you actually... Um, Mm, integrate integrate more ease into maybe your business and your life now now that you've learned that it's not necessary because it always sounds very you know easy and I think I think everybody <laughs> everybody would love to have more ease but um it's also a practice I guess I mean I'm still working on it I'm not there yet so I would love to know how to do that <laughs> um it, service it comes from a space of service When you can look at someone and do your best to find out what their needs are mm -hmm. and at a deep level, listen to what those are and practice deep listening. Deep listening is by definition, listening in, in, with the intent to heal the other person. And if you look at it from a space of service, mm. how can I serve this person? Not what do I have on my list of shit that to sell mm -hmm. that could potentially be a square peg in a round hole for them. Be like the Santa Claus from Miracle and 34th Street and send the little boy to get his roller skates from Gimbals, even though you work for Macy's. <laughs> Serve, don't sell. Mm. And when you get that, when people show up here, I just, I go by, I go into a state. Mm -hmm. We'll say, oh my God, you're so different when you're at, at your property and around your horses. You're so different because I'm just in this state. Mm -hmm. they, they don't call it Zen or Jen for nothing. Mm -hmm. Zen energy and I'm Jen. So, so what, that's how I do it. So, Sir. 
what is maybe something that you would advise other women to, you know, keep in mind or just remember, you know, when they want, when they have a passion uh, and they're still hesitant of going, you know, after it? Get sisterhood. Get, get friends, get, call me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like find a sister that's, that's either doing it or done it. Mm. You know, get, and if you don't believe you can reach out to somebody or, you know, whatever you're like, like, cause that's a belief I had. I felt like I had to do it up on myself and all right, that I had to, that I didn't, I didn't have the right or the worthiness to be around people that had more money than me or whatever. I couldn't be around people that didn't have money unless I had money. Well, how, what the heck? That kind of <laughs> so if you believe that, like, seriously, give them my number, have them call me like, like sisterhood. If I were to say there's one thing get sisterhood, find mm -hmm. a group, create a group, mm -hmm. be in a group, find people that have more than what you have. Find people mm -hmm. that have the things you would like to have that are doing things the way you would like to have them done. Mm -hmm. Do not take advice from people whose relationships are shitty. If you are asking relationship advice, <laughs> you know they're really good at money and nutrition. I made the mistake of that. I asked a friend of mine about my relationship and she has a relationship I would not want, but she's a friend of mine and we have mm. other things in common. We are, she's a nutritionist and she's got a very successful business. So I should ask her nutrition advice mm. and financial advice, not relationship advice, but because she's my friend, see what I'm saying? So get sisterhood. I think this is also one thing that When we want, let's say, the um, acceptance or approval from our families and we know we have this maybe passion of ours and you, or, or you share it maybe with friends and they just don't understand, you know, like you mentioned, if you, if you would talk to somebody who's into whatever, who, who doesn't love any animals, you know, he would never get the fact, you know, what is she even talking about creating some kind of sanctuary, you know, of course that will not work out. Of course this will be like a bullshit idea, etc., etc. from that person's perspective, because they're just not able to grasp it. They're not able to understand it. And sometimes I feel that happens with, with our families. So if I talk to my parents about, I don't know, moving abroad, they would be like, what are you thinking about? <laughs> you know, this is crazy because they, right. they value safety and security here. They would not want to do that. But that's why I, I love the fact that you're mentioning that, you know, ask the people who, who, you know, really have that in common or have done what you would, what you really desire inside because yeah, find people that are, you're kind of crazy. <laughs> They exist. You know, and people that are going to call you crazy, don't talk to them. Mm. And you're like, well, that's my brother. Okay. Don't talk to him about that. Yeah, talk exactly. About, I don't know, your last Netflix movie or something <laughs> else. You know, just don't do it. Because, you know, you really have to, because this, think about this. If you have an idea, it's a little tiny, a tiny, like a baby kangaroo. And it's like searching mm. for the pouch. So it can like incubate in there and be in mama's pouch. It's a little tiny. If you've ever seen a little baby kangaroo, they're only about little tiny, tiny. And they're a little pink and they're blind and they're trying to find where to get the pouch so they can nurse and grow up and to be a big kangaroo. can't believe I'm telling the kangaroo story. But it is what it is. But it <laughs> makes the point, you know? So if somebody's going to say, oh, you stupid baby kangaroo, you're never going to find where the milk mm. is, you know? It just doesn't listen to that. It just goes and finds it. Treat mm. so your dream like a little tiny baby kangaroo and put it in its pouch and protect it. Mm. You know? And nurture it. You are ready to have the fortitude to tell all those shooters to fuck off. <laughs> and with love and compassion, of course. <laughs> fuck you. Thank you. Fuck you. I love you. <laughs> right? But say, you know, step off, y'all. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Until you have that level of fortitude, stand, like, as they say, stand guarding at the gates of your mind, whatever. Protect the little baby kangaroo. Like, hold it close and only share it with people that are your kind of crazy, mm. that are your kind of, that your kind of peeps, that are your tribe, yeah. your sisterhood, or tribe of men or whatever. It doesn't matter, male or female. And then when you're ready, And you want to share it with the world, be prepared, y'all. Be prepared. 
because they're going to come. The haters going to hate. Mm. So be prepared. And when you're strong and your idea is, is out of the pouch and it's doing, it, you know, it's doing its thing. Here's the other thing that comes up. Don't, don't um, stay in the pouch too long. Get in the arena, girl, girls, ladies and gentlemen, girls, women, boys, all y'all get in the arena. Because if you're not in there and getting your butt kicked once in a while, I think of Brene Brown and mm-hmm. that Teddy Roosevelt quote that she does when she talks about um, daring greatly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not in the arena and people are throwing stones at you and they're not in the arena. So if there was one thing that every woman maybe should know about or what to do for her own healing, what would that be based on your own experience that you would say, you know, if nothing is working, you know, just maybe take this, this one first step. Like what popped into my mind right yeah. then was yeah, honestly, seriously, call me, like reach out. Hmm. If you can't call me, call somebody. Um, call me. And I, I, <laughs> yeah, call call Olga. Call my friend Joanne. Like, yeah. like reach out, reach out. Like the they call it sisterhood, you know, and brotherhood or whatever. But keep something in mind. Women are gatherers. Like hmm. back in our way back in the DNA and the whatever, we were out and go and gather, and we would make noise and we would talk a lot and chatter and that sort of thing in groups. So we would scare the predators away. Like we're supposed to yap all the time. And if you're isolated and feeling alone and you're not talking, then you are, you're, you're going to internalize that and you'll get sick. Mm. You'll get sick either mentally, emotionally, or physically. So sisterhood is so critical. If you don't have a phone tree, you know, and then when you, you're, you're having a meltdown and you call friend number one and they don't answer and they you call friend number two and they don't answer, you call friend number three. Don't worry. Don't worry. They still love you. You know, they still love you. So get, get, get really, honestly, it's really about getting, getting a tribe, getting a group of people. And if you don't feel like you have one, call me, like call somebody. Was it hard for you to find that tribe? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I was the island. I was the island that the misfit toys didn't want to be on. You know, I, I felt like I was totally isolated. I felt like, like, and that's when I started having night terrors. And that's when I started mm. having panic attacks. And that's when I started realizing, and of course I'm an extrovert and, but that, and keeping that in mind, I can go for three days out here on my property and not speak to a soul. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying always be around people. I'm saying always have energetic and vibrational sisterhood support. Two very different things. So what? yeah, there was, there was a time in my life where I didn't feel, and, and to be honest, you know, my, my family wasn't really very available. I have a mm-hmm. very small family. My brother died of a drug overdose, went home for his funeral. And I haven't talked to my father since then. That was almost seven years ago. Wow. I haven't talked to my father in almost seven years or six years, long time. And you know, it's, it's, and that's it. I really don't have a lot of family. Mm. So isolation is very easy for me. And those of you that do have a lot of family, Okay, awesome. Are they your kind of crazy? Or are they a whole different kind of wackadoo? Mm. You know? Just you have to find that vibration. You have to find those people that you can surround yourself with. And that's what I love about being around the horses. It all comes back to being around the horses. Because those guys, they will bring out the beauty, the grace, the compassion in you. They'll bring out just they 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 provide you with so much solace and peace. There's, there is a grace to those animals, whether you're riding them or looking at them or just connecting with them, that if you're open, will allow you to see pieces of your soul. Mm. What would you say has helped you in, in finding, first of all, that sisterhood and then growing it to, a, let's say, to a size where you really feel the support or maybe you know that you have enough people in your life or that are your kind of crazy and that you know you Ooh. can rely on you can never have too many crazy people in your life <laughs> i defined it i defined it i said this is what my kind of crazy looks like you know mm-hmm. what i mean 
I said, this is what being in Jen's core looks like. Now it's adapted over time as I've gotten more confident about who I am and I feel like I have more value to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. But I have a you know a short list, maybe on about a one inch square piece of paper, the names of people that if I called them right now, they would pick up the phone to listen to me talk about the black bean hummus I had for lunch. Mm-hmm. If I showed up at their door at 2 a.m. in the pouring rain with a shovel, they would get their coat without a question. Those two things kind of like little ends of the spectrum, but I put those things in place. Mm -hmm. What does a core friend, what does it take to be a core friend for Jen? And what does it take for Jen to be a core friend? Mm. What does it take to be a peer, a partner, an associate, an acquaintance? What, What do you have to do? How do you have to show up? And how do I have to show up? And those things are fluid. Some friends become acquaintances sometimes because hmm. I've known them for 10 years. Doesn't mean that they've graduated to Peerville. Mm-hmm. Right. So defining it and, and allowing it to, to be a fluid, allowing it to be fluid hmm. and, and not, not fearing loss because someone decided that they wanted to show up as a stranger or an acquaintance Mm-hmm. when once upon a time they were a peer or a close friend. Mm. Yeah, we want to lose our friends. That's also powerful. Sometimes just because people have been in your life for a long time doesn't mean, you know, that's how we just carry on. It's the same thing as in relationships. They're not working. Oh, yeah, but we've to get, been together for like 10 years, you know. I don't just want to give it up. But if it's not working, if it's not clicking anymore, and like you're saying, you're not on the same page anymore, you know, it's okay to part ways. Yes, yes it's okay. And, and allowing that and giving it space and grace and compassion and saying, we had this, it was beautiful. And now I love you over there. Mm. I still have love for you because I have love for all humanity. But the form and the way our relationship has shifted it's kind of like baking a cake it's good and it's beautiful when you take it out of the oven at the right (laughs) time but you leave it in for too long it takes a different form so time doesn't necessarily mean that it's that it needs to be what you thought it was five years ago or 10 minutes ago Mm. and it also goes the other way you know building those relationships over time so we're coming to the end and uh, one thing that I always love to to ask first of all if if there was one message that you could share with any woman on this planet it would go into their mind like instantly what would that one thing be that you would like every woman to know out there say no learn to say no and then learn to say yes And what about yourself? If you, if you, <laughs> if you had, let's say, the magic power to send, let's say, three pieces—I call it the three nuggets of wisdom. If you were to, able to send three pieces to your six-year-old self about life, about what you want her to know about herself, or whatever that is, you know, based on your experience, what would those three things be that you would want six-year-old Jen to know? <laughs> You're loved. It's not your responsibility to save the world and be exactly who you are because that's enough. Beautiful. So, Jen, how... You're going to make me cry. Why? <laughs> oh, my God. We should say that to all little six-year-olds. We, we should say <laughs> even more things to all six-year-olds and even adults. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just so nice when, you know, when you think about everything that you've been through and, you know, just wanting your, your little self, you know, to know all those things, to not maybe have the struggle or to have more confidence or whatever, to just know those things that you're, you've been maybe questioning for an entire lifetime sometimes that, you know, it's already within you. So that's beautiful. 
So if people got curious and they want to experience this, you know, well, this experience with the horses, you know, how can, how, where can they find you? How can they work with you or get in touch with you? You can't. I'm like Brigadoon. You can't ever find me. I'm just kidding. Um, it's actually, that's so funny you say that because, you know, I, when people show up to my place, like, wow, you're like the world's best kept secret. And I'm like, well, son of a, can we change that, please? I would like more people to know about what we're doing here because it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's so it's, um, you can find me at zenergen.org. I'll mm -hmm. spell it for you. Z-E-N-E-R-J-E-N.org. Zen Energy. And I'm Jen. See how that works? <laughs> Z-N-E-R-J-E-N.org. Or, you know, you can just message me on Facebook, Jen Zoe Hall. You can message me personally or hell, I mean, you know, my cell phone number, the United States, 407-412-0252. I don't mind. They, I'm here to serve. That's for, my personal cell phone number. So if you want to call me, reach out, I will respond. I'm here to serve. Don't forget to change your code. <laughs> yeah, I write my gate code. I just have people showing up. <laughs> they'll be like all right i know about disney i'm here and, I, and ironically i'm in orlando so that would make sense oh my god for they can, sure they yes can and, just... I, and i would love to hear from anyone that's listening that i would love to hear from you what you what you learned from this um from olga's podcast and yeah. and uh, i want to say thank you very much for hosting me Oh, no. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really enjoyed it. And I really hope that people learned a lot from it and get in touch with you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too, please share it with your network, friends and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrive podcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.